How are you, Teresa? Good, 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 good. Teresa, this will be an oldie but goodie today. <laughs> How is everybody? Hey, all, there's two faces I should see. One, joy, right? And then it's okay that if you're suffering, you're feeling the suffer and the joy. <laughs> you're feeling what's going on. Because last week in, um, we started talking about the doorway of change. That's why I said it's an oldie but a goodie. The doorway of change. But when we start, I just want everybody to know, when scripture starts going out, and it's a time in your life for a move or a change, and I will tell you, when it comes to the doorway of change, which we started talking and teaching about this vision, I'm going to do a quick summary, because who wasn't here last Thursday? Right, there's just a few, so I'm gonna, we're going to do a quick catch-up, so you'll know what it is. In fact, who needs a paper? These are the scriptures. Let's see if I have another one. Does everybody have script? No. Hey, Todd. Can you? That'd be great. I thought there were more up here. I don't know if they're on Charlena's desk. Are they back there? I bet you they're back there. Yeah, and Charissa's coming in too now. Well, this is awesome. When we start talking about the doorway of change in our lives, because remember, we come into ministry like Kingdom Life Ministries, and it is for us to what? Come into maturity. There isn't anybody in here who's lost. Everybody in here is saved, and everybody here is working their sanctification unto God, and he is working us out, going from glory to glory. He is trying to do what? work out our salvation. He wants us to understand what that means. How do you do it? And he, you know, our whole lifetime is walking out and working out our salvation. So this is one thing I love. Relax. We get to relax while we go through this because the whole part is we're supposed to be trusting God's word and we have to trust in his word. And that's what we're learning. And isn't that hard sometimes? I mean, it is hard to trust his word because this ministry is ordained to attach the body to the head. All right. We come in here. And if you notice, the light is not in the head. <laughs> we come into this ministry. We are coming when the bride says come. Right. What's supposed to be happening is the body of Christ is now getting attached to the head of Christ. The head of Christ is who? Jesus. Jesus came. He became the head of Christ. And so we're here to become attached to that to grow into that understanding. And so this ministry helps to teach a process. Now, this is one thing I can say that I have learned since I have been here, um, and it's been since 2009, since I have been coming to this ministry, now that I understand the process, I really can have joy in the change. Now, in the beginning, when I started, I had no joy in the change because I was still just figuring out how to trust this word of God this living, breathing word, and even coming into connection that it breathes and that it lives in you. And the purpose is for the indwelling of Christ where? In our soul. It says Jesus is the lover of our what? Soul. So when we come in here born again, happy, right? Because we know that we have eternal life. That light is not in our soul. 
That is the part of working out the rebirth. We become born again, but now we have to become what? Renewed in the mind. So we don't yield to what our flesh wants. We yield to what the spirit wants. And so it is, it is a journey of faith. That's why that chart is called journey of faith. Because by faith, I love this, by faith, it says in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, though which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testified of his gift and through it, in, oh, I'm sorry, and through it, he being dead still speaks today. Now, I, got, I want you to get this. Cain still speaks today, even though he was what? Not Cain. Abel, even though he was murdered by his brother, he only was murdered by him because he did what? He offered up a gift to God that was better than Cain. Cain became jealous, okay? Jealousy, you know how you know you're jealous? Violence. Jealousy, the sign of jealousy that you're experiencing is that you weren't to be violent towards something, all right? And that doesn't mean be physical. It just means Hey, in school, I was a school teacher. I had fifth graders. There were girls who hated girls. Guys, they were pretty cool. The guys didn't really care so much. But there, you know what I mean? There are times where somebody just, I hate her hair. I don't like this. And they want to get mad. But remember, sometimes our actions are violent. What happened with Cain? He actually murdered his brother. But I love it. Abel's voice still speaks today because he did what? He gave up what? A more pleasing sacrifice to God, all right? And what was the difference? Sometimes we can actually decide to give to God, but it's not our best gift. We give because, I love this, my older brother, Leroy, love him. He says, Lee, if I see you laying hands on anybody, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> he tells me that because we grew up Catholic. And I, and I said, Leroy, I said, I know you love going to church every Sunday. And you know what he said to me? He goes, I like going to church every Sunday. He goes, so I can just give my money and walk out and I feel better. Well, that's the kind of offering Cain gave. Cain was very full of plenty and he decided to give a measure of what he wanted to give. But Abel gave his what? Best. Okay. And so it is still spoken today. As we're going through the doorway of change, I like this. You have to increase of him and become less of yourself. And part of that cutting out of the less of yourself, I'm going to tell you, you're going to start feeling the shaking. You're going to start sensing those things being cut off. I love it. Anger. We're going to start right with unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, envy, all those things. You're going to start feeling that shaking because if you're new here, you're just learning this process. It's called advancing the kingdom of God in your life advancing, knowing how to give up the what? Best offering, knowing how to use, I love how the word in here says, he tes God testifying of his gifts. Now, as God is growing in you by glory by glory, what starts to develop in you? Your gifts, whether it's intercession, whether it's, whether it's teaching, whether it's you know, prayer, whatever your gift is that God wants to manifest and use, you have to give it up to him, what? You have to give it up to him. 
and you have to give it to him as your best. And you know, this is what I love so much in, the, in this time after the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. We live in the New Testament after Jesus Christ. All he wants us to do is give the best in what? Our praise and our worship. And then he really does everything for us. If we can get that type of love down and know that he just wants us to enter into his gates with what? Praise and thanksgiving. And what does he promise to do? He says, I promise that the enemy will have to flee. It's not like we have to sit there. I used to, I used to praise and worship sometimes and punch the sky thinking I was hitting something, right? But here's the thing. As we praise and worship, just out of what? The sacrifice of our praise, our worship to him. But I do have to let you know, behind every word that proceeds from our mouth, there is a spirit behind it. And it's going to either be the spirit of the truth or it's going to be a spirit that's connected to your flesh that comes and your soul produces it. So walking through this doorway of change, we help you figure out what just spoke. <laughs> what am I about to lose that I'm going to gain? You know, because he always says we have to let something go to gain something of him. And so in this thing, we talked about last week, we did the first column of scriptures. We did this first column already. And just for you to, just to, for you to know, Christ was offered up once. We have a first appointment that removed sin's power. So the moment you go from lost to born again, that person doesn't have to understand the word. He doesn't have to have all the word, but his spirit was regenerated back to who? God. Through who? Jesus Christ. So now that that spirit is regenerated back up, here's the awesome thing. That doesn't mean his soul's renewed. That doesn't mean he knows. You know, I didn't even know that the first appointment was to remove sin's power. You can be born again and not even know a power got removed. You, there is things that we walk out that if we recognize that's not God, and if it's connected to fear, anger, lust, perversion, love of money, pride, sickness, demons, any of these things on this list. And then we have what's called the advanced list and what's holding you back, right? That's an advanced list. That is 20 other characteristics of these things that we can look to. And if those things are manifesting, then that means we know God wants to do what? Remove it. He wants to remove it, remove it from you so he can, what? Change you so you can be what? Offering up a better gift of, him, of yourself to him. So we already went over that in the first, when the spirit becomes reconnected, that you know that the power to sin has been removed. We don't have to come into agreement with that sin. And if we recognize that, that is very what? That's very powerful. That was one thing I had to kind of get into my head as I was developing this. Well, if I agree to this word and I connect to what God has shown me and it's backed up by the word, well, then I can't go wrong. You know what I mean? I just have to be what? In agreement with it. He already does it for us. I mean, it is amazing how we would labor on decisions before walking this out and understanding the advancement of the kingdom of God. You would labor over a decision. Well, now you don't have to labor. If it's in the Holy Spirit, put it on the shelf. Put, cast it up to him. He's going to bring down the answers in due season in the right time. We don't have to labor over things. But how many of us labor in our mind? We labor over things, Right? And sometimes that's what you're, when we come into a ministry like this, we're working that process out of us, but we have to know that he came, he came, the first appointment was to remove the power of sin. 
Now, it doesn't mean we recognize all those what holding you back, all those 20 characteristics. We don't, we don't necessarily know all those. God will reveal them in the time he's ready to what? Remove them if you're obedient and you spend time with them and you're in your word. We talked this morning in, um, we talked this morning in uh, Business for God, the importance of knowing the word of God. Because you know what? I remember when I first came here, I started reading the word. I thought it was great. And then it was like, Gene's like, you got to worship. Now it's time to worship. Well, then I got into worship so much. I was like, who needs the word? Worship's awesome. <laughs> and then you're like, no, you need what? Both. You need both. Both of them have to work. And they have to be together. You have to be doing both of them at the same time. So he tells us that he comes a second time now. He comes that second appointment to now actually to remove the residue of sin. All right. And so that means God says once he's what he starts, he finishes. All right. Because he is the author and he is the finisher. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He's going what he's going to start. He's going to bring to a finish. So if we already have it in our mindset. Okay. Well, sin can't overcome me because Jesus died for me. And then you recognize, okay, now he's going to remove what I don't understand. As long as I worship and spend time in the word, that's pretty powerful. Man, if we can get into agreement with that basic understanding and be open and transparent that you've got some of this stuff, fears, angers, lust, perversion, shame keeps us from really being forthright about the revealing of those things. Because we can look at that list and know what we think, but I'll tell you, when I first started looking at lists, I felt shaking. <laughs> so what was shaking? Sin. Right? The residue of the sin. My heart didn't want to sin, but the residue was still what? There. I had not been delivered and I had not been healed from it. So the word, as we developed into this last week, we talked about that we are to be a spotless bride and that we are coming. He wants us to be, uh, he wants us to be, in fact, the, the verse is Ephesians 5:27, that he might present herself to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And see, that's beautiful. The Lord has already promised us that, that that's his goal for each and every one of us. He wants us to be spotless. He wants us to be, he doesn't want us to have, um, as I, he, wants, he wants us not to have wrinkles. He doesn't want us to just work like Cain. I already read that to you. He just doesn't want us to offer something up to offer it. He wants us to be offering it from the purity of our heart. And, the, and that becomes the best offering, whether I like it, whether even if it's a financial offering, you can have somebody that has a million dollars, but you can have somebody that has, what, $10, and that's all they have. But if they offer up their best, there is no what? There's, God is no respecter of person. It, it's, it comes from the heart. Man, it's so important to recognize that. So if we get this down, hey, Sin cannot have power. Boom, I've got some residue. And now God wants me to cross over that doorway of change. And we left off where we talked on Acts 7, 17. When the time of the promise drew near, God swore to Abraham, Egypt grew and multiplied. Now, this is where we left off. We left off what happens when you approach this doorway of change. Why would you even be upon the doorway of change? Okay, if you are worshiping, you are reading in your word, and you've come to the understanding that you have to get renew this mind, well, that means you're going to be presented, and this door is a large door, and it's full of conflicts, trials, troubles, and fears. 
The word tells us. Egypt means bondage. So the word says, but when the time of the promise drew near. So God's word has a lot of promises us. He wants us healed. He wants us delivered. He wants us whole. He wants us to be receiving the promises that he has for us. So if we're in his word and we, under, and we can get this process in understanding, and then we start asking him, we invite in the Holy Spirit to show us. I know Zinni's been teaching that. She taught that this past Monday, making sure that we ask and invite the Holy Spirit into this process. Well, then he's going to start revealing. He knows what residue is ready to come out. And then he increases. That's the promise. The promise is more of him, less of you. And when you have more of him, you're happier because he is showing you the gift he created in you. Each of us are a gift to God. Each of us has something to do to accomplish with him as a gift. And so it's beautiful when you recognize that everybody's special. He has already done something special in all of us to bring us into a place of special. And he says he wants to give us that promise. But he also said that when you come close to that change, bondage will what? Increase. It will multiply. So, but the key part is, is when the time of the promise drew near. So right when the promise is coming, you're going to have what? You're going to have like, yeah, it's going to be the oppression. It's going to be the, everything is going to start coming down and you're not understanding what's going on. Because if Satan does anything, his job is so empty. You know what I mean? Because he's just trying to get everybody off the path of their promise. Can you turn the, the music up just a little bit? Acts 5.39 says, If it is of God, you cannot throw it, lest you even be found to fight against it. So I love this. Okay, first sign. You know a promise is drawing near because bondage increases in your life. Okay? That means whatever you're dealing with, fears, anger, lust, perversion, any of those things are going to start increasing because something else is coming. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it lest you even be found to fight against it. Now, I've watched that with people in this, myself personally, but I've watched it when people started fighting with God. And you see, you can actually see, oh my gosh, their promise is near. Because the enemy wants you to get to fear walking by faith. Just like we talked about with Abel and Cain. You know, we want to give up, a, we want to give up the best that we can, but the best is by faith, all right? As we grow in Christ, faith, we work with him, and it has to work through us. To get through that door, faith has to push you through that door. And we have these three things here, faith, trust, believe, all right? They are cords that attach you right to Jesus. What does it say above Jesus? The victory, there's going to be a victory. So we always have to remember there is a what? Promise that everybody's going to receive. But faith, trust, and belief are what keeps pulling us to walk through that door. And that is by faith. James 4, 7 says, therefore, you know, when we start fighting against God, I love this because I, I'm so like this. You, I, you got to get what? Worn out. You have to get worn out, right? Therefore, when you get there, just do what? Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from him. I love this. That's a promise. Even as we're walking out this 
going through the doorway of change, you experience little promises of God. As you believe, you build. It's like, it really is like building those Legos that don't divide. When you really believe that if you submit to it, just submit to the process and you resist the devil, he will flee from you. It works. I remember the first time I, I was really getting a grip of this verse and Rachel and I went to somebody's house and Rachel came out and she really was screaming in the car. Something jumped on her. This was not my child, right? But the more I was growing, I saw she would get what? More attacks. There would be more things happening with her. I said, Rachel, man, we are, we are going to submit to God and we're going to resist the devil. We're just going to praise God right now. We're just going to plead the blood. And I didn't even know verses at that time. I just knew that the enemy would have to do what? Flee. If I stayed and pressed in in the car, well, it was only about seconds. In fact, Ansley, we just daughter was in the back seat. We just kept praising God and we just got into it. And before we knew it, everybody felt better. And whatever jumped on her did what? It fled. So it, that is real. That is so real. I mean, I get so excited when something's so real. You can't get me off of it. Even if a person doesn't believe that, you just want to just want to coach it right through them. You want to go. You want to go through it with them. Um, I believe so much in healing. I don't mind being right with somebody in the hospital. I believe in the healing. If you know it, you know it, right? But and see, that's what it is. I love it. Faith of another is very good for another. We are encouragers in the body of Christ. And so if you have a strong faith on something, because guess what? It says in the word, we've all been given a measure of faith. So my measure is different than Robin's measure. But when we come together, man, Robin can help me in something and I can help Robin encourage each other. But he tells us if we will submit to this that, and resist the devil, that he will flee from you. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. I love that verse. Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now remember, we have to do this by faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right? There are things that are around us that we cannot see. And sometimes, you know what? We can hear and we can read about a promise, but we've, we've never experienced it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we what? We pull away. Because we're like, I haven't experienced that. I love that. Hope. When you have a hope in something and you believe in him, you're going to what? Experience that. It's amazing as we grow in these experiences of this. So he says, by faith, which is the first checklist on the list, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We have to hope in the promises of God. We have to hope and know he is clearing out a residue from our system. We have to believe that, that he already says that sin has no power. And I am going to remove that anger from you. I am going to remove that sickness from you. But even though you can't feel it and you can't see it, you just have to do what? By faith, believe that his word is what his word says. And so that takes time. That's a relationship. That is meditating. That is worshiping him. And he actually changes the fibers of your body to even believe it in a way that it's immovable. I mean, I love it. I was reading. Can you turn that down just a little bit? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the Lord has really had me on love in the spirit. It's in um, Romans 15:30. I have fallen in love with it so much. When I start thinking about it, I can start breaking out crying. Because the Lord was showing me that love in the spirit is fixed. It's immovable. So if you have the spirit of truth in you, 
and then you get the truth of the word and it becomes one, it is immovable. It is fixed. Doesn't that make you want to cry? I mean, there's, that's a promise. You know, we sometimes don't trust things. Why don't we trust? Because we're putting up that what? That guard that we don't want to be hurt because we have that list of stuff going on in us. But when we really do step up to the doorway of change and that word is pushing us, we feel the spirit does what? The spirit's pushing. And now what happens? The exposure comes out. Because remember, we talked about already what happens when, you get, when you're spending time with the word and with Jesus. Light comes to expose what? Darkness. So when we see darkness exposed in somebody, we are, having, we are happy. Because that means they're doing something right. That means they're in their word. That means they're recognizing God is going to cut that residue off of me. And so, and you're, like I always say, this ministry is the best place because this helps you build your faith because you watch everybody else going through it. You watch everybody going through the ups and the downs and the rocks and we support each other in it. So let's go to Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, I like this, love in the spirit. Without faith, it's what? Without faith, it's what? Impossible to please him. It's impossible to please him. That's where, I love this, it becomes fixed. It becomes immovable. In fact, this is awesome. It says here in Hebrews 11, I'm going to read something here. It says, by faith, hold on. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because, because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So what did that mean? Enoch what? He had an immovable faith. He trusted God. And when the word says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Man, you know, Enoch had some what? Serious faith because that man got to what? Escape death. Okay, and he was translated. So it was awesome. That's what the word says. I love how this doorway of change gives us excellent examples of people who have gone through, well, by faith in this case, but have experienced that. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must what? Believe. Sec the last thing on the list right there. See where it says believe? We have to have faith, trust, and what? Belief. Who comes to God must believe that he what? Is. What is? Oh, he is. That's immovable. He is. That's what? Fixed. That is fixed. Man, that, you, when we are getting tossed to and fro, right and left, what's happening when we're being tossed to and fro? We don't know he is. We don't know it. That means there's something in us that we don't trust yet. But that's okay, because what I said in the beginning, relax. We're all going through the process. Allow the exposure to happen. Just go with it in faith. It says, and that he is what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Man, if we are seeking God and we are worshiping him and we are meditating on that word, that means we're gonna be exposed. That's just how it is. There's going to be an exposure. But he says, but if you believe and you have faith, he is going to do what? 
but he's going to reward you because you've actually allowed yourself to go through the process. It's amazing when you meet people, there's a lot of shame. When people are like, all right, I don't have to do that. Yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it, but I don't have to go through that. Okay, well, there's going to be something when you start this rotation of experience and you feel it because why? You don't understand. But when we come into the understanding of the process, like I said in the beginning, it gets easier. You get it. You, I feel, I know when something's about to change. I know when something's getting exposed now. And now I throw myself into that word. I throw myself into worship. I know faith is action. And part of the faith that we come, when we come to the doorway of change and the battle of this mind, is we have to know that he's going to show us something. He's going to show us something, how to be, what to do. And the moment we act on it, whew, he rewards us because we diligently seeked him and we allowed ourselves and our mind to be renewed. And so I like that. Then you move up another little notch. You go into this next little position because what you gain of him can never be taken away. You know, you can repress it, but what you gain, if it's real and you know it, it's, you don't go back. You, don't, you can't go, you can't go back. I like, when people say that, I get concerned if they really do go back because what did they really learn? You know, what word did they really stand on? What word did they become? You know, where were they? So Proverbs 3, 5 says, now we're going to hit the word of trust because we have to have faith and we have to have belief, but we also have to trust in the Lord. Now, all these words in the beginning all sounded the same to me. And I thought they all meant the same. <laughs> if I have faith and I have trust, if I have trust and I got to what? Believe. Okay, but then as you start coming up on the doorway of change, okay, you realize they all have three different meanings because you can say, I believe, I believe, I believe. You can say, I believe, but then when it comes right at that moment for that change and then you don't choose him, then you just re revealed that you didn't have trust because trust in the Lord, you have to do it with all your heart. You know what, and if you've never trusted a person, if you've never even trusted a person, because all we have in relationships is what? People. All we have is what we've experienced with each other. So trusting in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So that means the moment you're about to come up on that door and you I'm trusting God, I am trusting God. And the moment you start looking at what you can see and then coming up with what you think is right, then you just leaned on your own understanding. And own in this, in this position means possession. That means you are trying to possess something God was trying to do with you, okay? Because the world is possession and in the spirit, it's oneness. That's all he wants. He wants us in this oneness of faith. He wants us in the oneness of trust. He wants us in this oneness of belief, knowing he is, all right? But when we get into possession, oh, that's what's happening here. This is what's it. You're deciding what you think you understand. Okay, right there. If he is moving you into a new place, you're not going to what? You're not going to understand it because it's something you've never experienced before. I mean, I have to tell you, like when I came in this building, I would feel the shaking all through my body. I would hear tongues. I would start to do what? Shake. I'd see laying on hands. Yeah, that's good for them, right? You know, but it's, it's what you don't understand, but then the spirit draws you to have faith. The spirit draws you to trust. The spirit, you just start what? 
moving forward. You just start moving forward to this stuff. And as you grow into it, you're like, this is real. And then you get motivated. Are you guys motivated? Are you motivated? <laughs> I mean, it is such a building process. You know what I mean? Because our flesh gets sad in the process sometimes. I know. Our flesh doesn't understand. But that's why he said trust is not leaning on your own understanding. Man, we want to figure it out in the world, in possession, when he wants us to figure out in the column of just be one with me. No, I am what I am. He is the great I am, right? So you have to know that. Second Chronicles 20, 20 says. Second Chronicles 20, 20. I don't know if that's it. What's the B portion? Oh, I never understood that. Because none of my Bibles don't have Bs and As and Cs, right? Okay, that's cool. All right. It says, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall what? Be established. Now, I love this chart, awareness of grace. If you're called, what is directly the opposite of called? Established. If you are called... That means he's already trying to do what? If you believe, he says, I'm going to establish you in what he's, where he's trying to take you. But you have to believe, it, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Now, I love this because the Lord showed me in Revelations. I love this. Our testimony of Jesus Christ is the true spirit of prophecy. That's what it says in the word. So anytime, anyone, everybody in here has been through the doorway of change. We're coming through it, right? We're all experiencing that. The moment we come through it and we experience the victory, we receive the reward, we receive the promise. Do you know when we give that testimony, it just became what? A spirit of prophecy. It goes out there because what God wants for me, he wants for you. So he wants us to what? Speak our testimony of change is so powerful. So it's very important. I like that. And prophetically in this time, when somebody kind of gives you direction, you need to be able to hear it and respond to it. Because if it's already in your spirit, it becomes a witness. It says we move by witness. And so there's been, I have, I have received some amazing prophecies, not just about myself personally advancing in Christ. In those, those have been awesome. But I've also gotten some prophecy about do this, don't do this. You know, whether it's in a business deal. And you know what, they were right on. In fact, one deal I did, I could have easily just done what my flesh wanted, but I remember what that prophet said. This deal, they're going to want this, but don't move. And it was one on one of Gene's properties. They wanted us to paint the whole unit. And this prophet came in, and he told me all this stuff about myself spiritually. But then he just turned really quickly and said, you're going to have three real estate deals. Two are going to be like licking ice cream off of an ice cream cone, and one was going to be very difficult, but don't move. It's going to close. Well, I kind of, you know, I mean, I received that prophecy, but boy, when it started happening, it all happened in the same week. And it was amazing. I profited because we profited because we stood on the prophet's word, uh, word on this because it was a unit Gene had. And right the week before closing, the people say, we want you to paint the whole unit or we're not going to close. I remember Gene and I being in the car. I was like, Dean said that there was going to be one difficult one and not to move. We're not moving. And we said, we agreed. 
The moment we came into agreement, we're sitting there closing. Nothing happened. They still bought the unit, even though they said they weren't. But isn't that awesome? How as we actually believe in the Lord our God, and you shall be a step. That means every time we walk and we trust him, every time we walk by faith, he is establishing us for a greater plan. In that, he's going to send a prophet that's going to start what? Speaking to you and start guiding you. And this is in this ministry. If a prophet comes in here, Gene just doesn't let prophets come in this and just start speaking. You know, even as we're growing, he doesn't want us prophesying on each other. He would rather us write it down, give it to him. Because that's how we grow up in prophecy too. Because remember, sometimes our flesh prophesies. (laughs) Sometimes we can think we know something and we don't have a clue. All right? Because none of us are are at the fullness. It's okay. And that's the beautiful thing. You know, matured prophets are very rare to find. I, I mean, I feel like what I've experienced, it's very rare to find a true mature prophet that actually, you know, is thinking and has been what? Their mind has been renewed. I mean, you have, you want to know that their mind has been renewed, right? You wouldn't want somebody prophesying you about unforgiveness and they're like full of it. Okay. (laughs) So think of it like that. But the doorway of change, he does tell us those three chords have to be working. Faith has to be working. Your trust, not trying to understand it, has to be working. And your belief in him and his belief in his prophets. Belief, and you know what? What's the best prophet you got? The word is the best prophet you got. I love this. This is the best. If there's anything you're not sure about, you can go here. So I love it. Um, Luke one thirty seven says, and this supports, for with God, everybody, what does it say? Right, for with God, nothing will be impossible. It says in Matthew, with men, it is impossible. But with God, it is not. And you know what? I had a great testimony on this. I mean, I have a lot of testimonies I can go on this. But my most latest, we were building a house for this family. And their moving van had to come on this day. And I'm going to tell you that, that, you know, when you're getting closer to a, and they had nowhere to live, and here's the house. Well, I text the guy the scripture in Matthew that says with men, it is impossible because they were texting me. It is impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible. I was like, all right, I'm opening up a spiritual door here and I have to start seeing this because guess what I was feeling? I was thinking it was impossible. (laughs) So you know what I do when I start feeling something's not right? I got to start speaking the scripture myself. So I text that to them and I go to the house later on to see them, you know, at the house and I, and I walked in, I was like, hey, did you read my text? They're like, no. <laughs> they didn't believe in looking it up, you know? But I looked at them and they didn't know anything about me. They didn't know I was a minister or anything. But I said to them, I said, I need you to believe that with men, this is not impossible. Let's just believe this is impossible. I said, and let's believe that God will put this house in. It'll get done all on time. And they were just like, they had these little eyes like they wanted to believe. You know what I mean? I said, just believe with me. And then they said they did. Well, do you know they did get in the house on the day, but it was trying to get them not to speak <laughs> against it. But it was really powerful because to me, honestly, deep, deep in my mind, I, I almost started to believe that it wasn't possible. But my spirit kept encouraging me. I just didn't have to confess the word. I felt something bellowing in me, believing this is going to be possible. And when I get like that, 
if you know me, I'm in what? I'm, I am, it's like the love in the spirit. It, I am what? Immovable. It is hard to move me from something that I know, I know that he has backed up his word, he has showed me, or I feel it bubbling up. I'm not going to move. And you know, it is crazy because I've realized, I, I've always thought maybe I was stubborn, but now it's awesome. If it's in him, that's a good stubborn to be. But now, but it takes a lot of time. It's taken me a lot of time to really kind of know that. Do you know what I mean? I like it. Gina and I in the business, we'll talk over ideas. And we have a lot of investment things that come. And we get excited about it. And we think it's going to be the best, you know, best investment. And what do we do? We let our flesh get worn out on it. <laughs> we don't move on it. Because this is, well, I definitely have noticed this. Our flesh can get excited about something. And we can actually be confessing the word. But if the spirit is not pressing that excitement out to be immovable, then you're just doing it out of your what? You're doing it out of your flesh. And God, that's what, that's what he's doing. The doorway of change purpose is that he's going to remove these residues that hold you back from knowing the immovable, the fixed love of the spirit and knowing, knowing, because the Holy Spirit is what? The guarantee. So he's got to start removing this stuff out. He doesn't change his way. He is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. So he doesn't change his rotation and how he does it. Now, we're all in each individually, creatively, and beautifully awesome to God, but we each have to go through our own rotations. So I may be going through something with anger, and somebody else is going through something with sickness. So you never know what we're, you know what I mean? But get, we all have to go through what? The same changes. And that's where it says, how will you know my true people? How will you know the true remnant? By their love for one another. How do you love one another? You love them while they're going through this and it's evident. I love it. Todd, I just want to use you as a testimony. I love it when Todd went through his first time. I have to tell this, it was cute. It was over the, um, and this just makes you feel better when you hear testimony, doesn't it? It should make you feel better when you start experiencing things like this. Todd's new in this building. So you know, and Todd's worshiping, and Todd's reading his word, and we decided to do some animations. So we got this guy back there working, and we decided, all right, we're going to assign Todd to work with this gentleman. Well, you could see it right away. Their eyes would look at each other. The walls would go up. Arrogance, unforgiveness, and it was all rising up there. They wanted to reject each other. And how did I know Todd was going on? I'm just doing my thing, doing my thing. All of a sudden, I got Todd breathing down my neck. I'm walking down this hallway. Todd is breathing down my neck. Lee, 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 I need to talk to you. I really need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. I don't think this guy is right, blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I'm di he is just, I, it doesn't even make sense, everything he was saying. I turned around. I looked into Todd's eyes. Remember when I looked into your eyes? This is awesome. You are going through the doorway of change. This is God is going to release something. This is good. Go back and just be joyful. And Todd's like this. You have got to be kidding. I'm like, Todd's like, I don't think I can work with this guy. Right? And so now here was what the best part. I was so excited. I let Gene know. I was like, oh, Todd is going through. And it, the wash was on him. He wasn't happy. He was mad at me. I loved it. It was great. He told me he couldn't be near me at that time. But here's the best part about that. God is going to put a trial. He's going to put a conflict. He's going to put something in front of you to first off do what? Expose the residue that needs to be removed. So when you recognize that, then you kick in your what? Your trust. Then you kick in your, you start speaking these verses. 
you speak, nothing's impossible. I'm gonna get through this. Well, what did we do with Todd? We forced Todd even more in the presence of that young man. Why did we, why did we put him in the presence more of that young man? Because Todd was about to get something removed, a residue removed from him. So we're excited about that. Todd did not understand that. But he was getting it. He started getting it. But you could feel, couldn't you feel the anxiety in you? I like it. The trembling of the enemy was about to be released from Todd. And so it was awesome. Todd had to learn to walk in faith. Todd had to learn to trust. He had to learn to believe that he, his love was immovable. Man, the love of the spirit is immovable. But we've got to learn to trust that in him. We have to learn to know the truth of the spirit to be able to recognize the immovable move of God in your life. Because he knows if he starts showing up, something is leaving for him to dwell more in you in a place that will be so immovable, you'll never feel that way again. Todd could have that experience right now with somebody who wants to come in and do animations. And Todd, he grew from that. He also grew how to communicate with somebody who was being very difficult to himself. And he learned he wasn't going to be blamed. Isn't that the hardest thing sometimes? When we are up on the doorway of change, the battle of the mind, we just don't want to be blamed. We just don't want to be hit with the darts. We just don't want to, you know what I mean? But as you allow yourself to go through it, I love this. God is so good. Once you allow yourself to go through that experience, and I know some of you have really experienced this, man, he does give you a wash. There is a peace that surpasses all other peace, and he starts changing that conflict. Like, I mean, we see it all the time. We experience in this, but I smile when there's a new agent who comes in the building. I smile when somebody hangs out here more often because they're going to, they have to. Because this is a ministry of change, going through the door, not stealing the truth and pretending to be it. You are actually going to be changed for the permanent move of good. It says in Luke 1.30, I mean, it says in Hebrews 4.1, therefore, therefore, Hebrew 4.1, since a promise remains, so the promise never what? Leaves. It is always there of entering his rest, let us fear, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Okay, if you notice here the next column, there are three words, they all say the same thing. Rest, rest, and rest. So there is a time that we enter into a rest, and it says, since a promise remains of entering his rest. He says, I'm gonna put you in a rest. And that's the peace. There's a time when you recognize what you're going through. And now you can identify that residue, the what's holding you back. Man, now, just, now that you have identified and you know the word and you know the verse, what are you supposed to do now? Rest. He says, since a promise remains of entering his rest. So he promises that if you allow yourself to go through this, you're actually gonna experience a rest. And it, I love this, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. You know what, guess what gets us out of our rest? Fear, fear. The enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy what God is actually building in you he is building something in you, something that's immovable, a fixed love of the spirit. I love that. 
He, does, he doesn't want you to move. He wants you to rest in the truth. He wants you to actually rest in your belief. Faith rests. There is a period through this process of advancing in the kingdom that your faith actually rests because you are standing on what? The word. The word that's actually gonna deliver you, change you, heal you. You are in the, you are in the place where you're like, okay. That means you've actually done what? You've put up your hands and you said, I surrender. You got it. You recognize it, whether it's unforgiveness, shame, or rejection, and you just, you surrender, and he puts you right in that rest. You actually become so worn out, you're like, I can't do it. Because he wants to what? Do it. And in the rest, he is doing so many things around you. Right, Mimi? When you have to get, and once you enter into that rest, I'm gonna tell you, faith turns into action. There is going to be a time in your rest, faith turns into action. So now there is a time that as you are in your rest, all right, and you are, he's loving you, you're worshiping him, you are pursuing him in the fullness of his love, and you are joyful, then something actually starts. You actually aren't even looking to the promise anymore, or you're not looking to that thing. You actually become so in love with him, it's like you can hear his instructions so clearly. You actually start moving in a pace that moves you into your promise. Psalms 37, seven says that if we rest in the Lord and we wait, what? Patiently for him. I love this because patience perfects our love walk with him. So if we allow ourselves, I, I, I think it's cool. You can be in rest for a short period of time or you can be in a rest for a long period of time. Now, this is my view of this. When I look at the, this journey of faith chart, it seemed like to me that in the top row, the pain was really intense, but the time was really short. <laughs> okay, on that middle row, it really seems like to me, okay, you know, I, I was great. Like the suffering, it wasn't so painful. They had some things I was working out. But the time seemed like it started growing longer. <laughs> and then now as you grow that bottom row, you have to feel for the bottom row people because their test is going to be what? Their patience is going to be endurance. We think that I love that. Come on. You're either a sprinter, you're a mid-distance runner, or you're what? A marathoner, right? So I love this. You got your sprint, you got your midline, that's your cross-country race in the middle row, and you got your marathon at the bottom. God really does condition us to receive the promise he is sending to us. And remember, everything God has for us can't come with fear. It cannot come with anger. It cannot, whatever he's going to give us, he's going to remove something out of us so we can receive his promise without what? Sorrow. He doesn't want us to have any sorrow. But he says, if we rest in the Lord and we wait patiently for him. So what do we do in the rest? We wait patiently, those who wait patiently on the Lord. 1 Peter 1, 9 says, we actually receive an ending to our faith. I love this. You know, in chapter 11 in Hebrews, the first five testimonies of faith, do you know they never, ever really truly received the fullness of the promise yet? Because Jesus Christ didn't come. I mean, it's really awesome when I was reading that. And then there was a, it was a verse that says, and then they never, they never obtained the promise in their time. And I really, I didn't get that. 
You know what I mean? Because he gives the promise. Right, they obtained a measure of the promise, but they didn't obtain the fullness of eternal life. They didn't, they haven't, Jesus hadn't come yet a second time. And so they hadn't received that a promise. So it was cool when I kind of read that over because that's when it kept saying in the verses, by faith, by faith. But then those after moved through faith. And it is really powerful when we think about that because there is, an, it says in 1 Peter 1, 9, there is a receiving the end of your faith, which is what? What are we receiving? The salvation of our soul. So sometimes we kind of can put a promise on something physical, but it really is the first promise we're going to receive of anything is going to be the salvation of our soul. That means anything on that list on the soul is going to be moved out. You're not going to go back to that old way of thinking. And so he promises us that in his word, that he is going to, Jesus is the lover of our soul. He wants to possess our soul so we can think about, think like him, act like him. Our character becomes him. Hebrew 4, 9 says, that there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. All right, raise your hand, who's resting? Who's resting, right? Okay, no, I love the honesty, okay? Right, but here's the thing. Today, if you meditate, if you take the scriptures and you start meditating on this and you start being honest, what you got going on this list? Something. It's not all, God doesn't do it all at once. He's gonna do it in part. So, if you start meditating that you are to enter a rest and enter this rest, there is a trust, there's a belief. Your faith is going to start increasing and then you're going to feel the peace and you're going to rest in that because you have to be able to rest when you know. You get what I'm saying? Okay, come on. When I was in high school and I knew I was going to graduate, what happens to a senior? They get senioritis, I did. Oh my God, it's terrible. I mean, it was so bad. Here I was in 11th grade, state champion, all this stuff. Man, I didn't want to do anything my senior year. It was hard to get me to even finish. Like if they say, hey, we're going out for a five mile run. Oh my gosh. Like I didn't care about my senior year. I did not care about that. I mean, I really just had these feelings of what? Because I was in a what? Because I knew I was going to what? Right, I knew it. So I knew it. Right? I even, at that time, I almost even knew what college I was going to because somebody else was working it for me. I was in my rest. Now, was I going out and partying or doing? No, I wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Well, I had to be home all the time. But I did feel like I didn't want to study. I feel like, I, I'm, now I'm laughing. When I was in middle school, it seemed like it was going to take forever to graduate. And I wasn't, my ninth grade year, no, 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 was it my eighth grade? Oh, it was my eighth grade year, going into ninth grade. I didn't do good that year in school. And so my sister had a book on how to get A+. I remember laying on the floor <laughs> reading this book. How do you get an A-plus in a subject, right? And of course, it tells you all the right things. Do your homework. It tells you how to organize. And I actually applied this book my ninth grade year and got almost straight A's my whole ninth grade year. That, my ninth grade year was the best report card I ever had all the whole year. But it was funny. It's because I actually read something, I believed it, and then I applied it, and man, I always had to dig up my ninth grade report cards. They are beautiful. There was a lot of A's on that report card. I always thought I must have been put in the lower classes that year. <laughs> All right, you're supposed to laugh with me, right? 
But if you think about it, as we grow up in our relationship with Christ, it's the same thing, okay? God doesn't want us to rely. He wants us to rely on his word. He wants us to rely on the command, what he shows us. But there isn't a booklet that kind of gives you, I know emeralds, right? They want the, if you do, oh, I love this. I was online ordering something today. And it said, step one, do this. And when you did it, bing, you went right to step two. Like they praise you. <laughs> All right, step two, right? <laughs> you have now completed task one, right? And then you get to task three. Now give me your credit card number, right? Okay, so as I'm going through this, I'm getting applauded because I'm advancing through a system. Okay, now this is what I love about God. In the doorway of change, the only way we can advance is through what? Faith what we can't see. Man, we, we just have to trust a word. We have to trust what he's showing us. But that doesn't mean we're gonna know all the details. And that makes it very hard for people who need to know the play-by-play, -play, like they need the manual. Because I got that. When I read the A-plus book, what happened to me the next year? I'm not sure if there are pluses, but I got what? A's, all right? So there is times that we can actually make ourselves succeed and we can go further than really than what God is moving. He says we have to enter a rest. So if we have to enter a rest for the people of God, that means nobody received their promise like right like that. If you haven't experienced the rest, then the promise that you're getting is what? It's the counterfeit. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you made it happen. See, if it was so easy to read a book, and do one, two, three, or get online, and they praise you. Section one, section two, section three, boom, now you've just bought all this stuff. I like it, they reel you in really good online. Online shopping, Rachel, Rachel likes online shopping. She gets so upset when it arrives, and it's not what she wants. Happens a lot. <laughs> She's so cute about it. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> this is what I got. You know, it's either better, or it's gonna be smaller, or it's not gonna be right, but boy, she loved how they were what? reeling her in, reeling her in, and she was excited because she was moving and she completed a what? Process, we're human beings. We wanna complete something, don't we? It doesn't all have to be school. <laughs> we have other, everybody, there is a mechanism of stuff that there's that, I love that. Satan wants to get us on that line of thinking. If he knows what makes Lee tick, so she'll just take the hook, line, and sinker, he knows our weakness. Satan loves to know what that is. And then he starts molding us right into that path instead of us, because why? This one's gonna cause such a change, you're not gonna be the same person because you had to do it by faith. And you had to do it by entering in his rest. Nobody's gonna avoid the promise without a what? Rest. And see, I love that. And then the last one, the same words are the same. What do you do? Receive, we receive, and we receive. And I love when you think about it, we are a three-part being. We are spirit, we're soul, we're body. So we have the ability to receive from our body, our soul, and our spirit is the one that's pushing us. It's the force that's trying to get us to be whole, spirit, soul, body, and then the manifestation of our life, our relationships, our finances, the things that we experience because God wants us to be an example to other people. He wants us to talk about this doorway of change. He wants us to give the spirit of, t of prophecy and the testimonies of this. 
one Psalms 37, four says, I like this key word. It's almost amazing. Any of the things that have happened to me in my change, I entered a rest and the rest became so great. I was so full of delight. Everything about was just like, I am overboard. I just, in the beginning, when I first was learning this, I'd skip in here. Gene, it's a great day. And I was thinking, I owe people money and my life is changing and this is how, and I don't, you know, that's how you would feel. But guess what? I delighted myself in the Lord. I did not think anymore about the outside concerns that were going into me. I wasn't even thinking about the promises. But I mean, you know what? I remember sitting back there and it was in May. Dean Sykes was here. My sister came that um, weekend and I was sitting back here and I remember Dean taught about debt. And he said that, you know, one of the promises for all was all of us not to be in debt. Uh, that was the day that pierced me. And I was standing back there holding my sister's baby. You know, she was here for the weekend. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm not supposed to be in debt. I'm not supposed to have. And then, you know, as I prayed, I heard, I'll, I will have you clear in one year. And then I remembered just writing it down. It, it was hard. I wrote down every debt I had. Oh, I still have the piece of paper. It was depressing <laughs> at the bottom number. I was like, Lee, how did you get yourself here? Like, how did I get myself? False love, right? <laughs> but let me tell you something. When I learned to transfer my, I'm already a naturally joyful person. When I learned to transfer that not into people, but for my delight for him, man, things just started happening. I wasn't even working at it. I mean, things would show up. Things would sell. Things would move. I would try to figure it out. I couldn't even figure it out. I moved in one house, I sold one house, I moved into another house, and I even said to Jean, how long do you think I'll be here at this house? You know, and I owned this house, I didn't need to have this house, it had what? Debt. And he goes, oh, you'll probably be here a year. And it was the day we just got our real estate signs, like CE Hall real estate became real. And I was like, and a girl brought it to me while Jean and I are standing out of the house, and we like, we said we plead the blood of Jesus, we stuck that sign in the ground. But I was like, I don't even really wanna sell it. <laughs> I just moved in, I didn't wanna move. Let me tell you something, I took it off the MLS. Some realtor came to me, they had to have it. And I was like, hey, it's off the MLS. I had it on the MLS for 470, right? I owed, I mean, I guess I probably owed 300 on it. My payment wasn't bad compared to what I was paying on the other house. And honestly, what was crazy is it was off the MLS and the realtor said, well, how much would you sell it? I said, I'm not selling it for anything less than 495 because I just moved in and I, you know what I mean? Like I already said, hey, I'm gonna be there a year. I kind of took that, but I like this. I got in that house. I remember how much worship I did in that little 30 days, did so much worship. I delighted myself in him and these people paid 495. They overpaid for this house. They bought my washer, they bought my dryer. They bought, they wanted my furniture. I was like, all right, put it in the bill of sale. And let me tell you, God will take away the stuff he doesn't want you to keep. I know everything I have now, he wanted me to keep. Anything I don't have, he didn't want me to keep. But if you delight yourself in him, you're gonna do what? Receive, receive, receive. What was my receiving? I heard a prophet speak about debt. It hit me. Then there was a love that bubbled up in me that wanted to do what? Search the word. I searched the word and I found all the words on debt. And then what, then what I do next? I was honest about my debt. It hurt. I even wrote it in pencil because I wanted to cheat. <laughs> okay, so you start, I'm serious. 
I must want to put one sticky, the one I don't want to look at, the sticky I want to look at, the one I don't. I mean, that's how we get. Come on, when we have to be honest with ourselves and we're not used to being honest with ourselves. All right, that's how you get in private. That's how I am. I'm looking at, now I'm not. Now I'd rather just tell everybody what's going on <laughs> and just give it up. Because the faster I came to that agreement of how bad a debt I was in, then he started doing what? Moving. But it was because I was doing what? Right. And I entered a rest. The moment I entered a rest, he moved big time, bigger than what I expected. And it came like a flood. I mean, you could ask Carrie, Jean, anybody, the testimonies of what he knocked off my plate. And the key word the Lord said to me, he said, I'm going to bring you to zero. Everything I sold, everything I got rid of, the number came to zero. The profit was in him. The profit wasn't in what I got on the things because I still got something. I got to where I was what? Debt free. I mean, it is awesome. You can't get me to get a debt. God would have to say, Lee, <laughs> go and go get a loan to do something. Because now it's not that I would even be sinning, but the thing is I can't go against the beauty, what he gave me in receiving. He gave me a lot of him. I got a lot of him. And you know what? Anybody can go through what I can go through, and you can go through it accelerated. Delight yourself in him. Let it be from the love of your heart. I got to the point where I wasn't even caring about the things around me. I just couldn't wait to worship in the morning. I couldn't wait to skip and tell somebody about these visions and details. It was great. It says, he shall give you the desires of your heart. Well, at that time, guess what the big desire of my heart was? Being debt-free. Because you know what? I was a girl who knew not to go into debt. But I got myself in a counterfeit relationship, and I, was in, I started that relationship off debt-free. And then I even owned two properties free and clear. What happened? <laughs> you know, I had a portfolio that I didn't have debt on. And what happened? You just, you're right. You start growing bigger than you are supposed to be. And you start to, what, glorify you. Yeah, you start thinking, and you, we can do it silently, too. And then you get all these words, you're so successful and all this. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I mean, I, let me tell you, I remember after I did one thing, I, I built a, a very large home because I was in love with somebody. And it was his dream, and I was really happy to give him his dream. I really was. I stood out in the street, and I looked up at that house, and I really couldn't even believe I was living in it because that wasn't me. That house had nothing to do with me. But I was happy to do it for somebody else. But when the Lord said to me, I heard it clear. I heard him ask, God will ask you. Do you know when he wants to move you, he's going to ask you. Now, I think that's a revelation. Because I heard in the shower, do you want this house? See, he asked me first. And I said, uh, and I remember crying, no, because it's, it's not, I would never want this house. And then boom, that same prophet who told me about the debt called me and said, you're going to have to sow a large seed. I swear I thought the guy was asking me for money. Do you know what I mean? But he was actually letting me know there was something I was going to have to let go that would start the movement of what God was going to do because he was going to give me what? A desire of my heart. I wanted to be back to that freedom that I was before I ever had debt, you know? And so it wasn't that I didn't believe in, you know, I didn't believe in living the way I did. I allowed circumstances to put me into that. And I even knew I never felt good about it. I never had feelings of feeling great about it. So... That's what he does. If we can think of this order that he's got to change for each and every one of us and he's going to remove something from our soul 
a residue, then he has a promise that's in here that he's going to do for you. So what have you set, what promise have you set yourself on? Does anybody in here have a promise that they've set themselves on? I like it. Gene asked us today in business for God. He said to do what? Command God humbly. <laughs> There's a verse. Put it up. Go ahead, put it up. But this is interesting that he, sometimes we have to be refreshed in this stuff. I love reteaching this stuff. It builds my faith for another move, right? Because sometimes when we get something from God as big as I felt like I got, when that whole debt thing, the way he did it, it still takes my breath away. But the one thing is, is sometimes we can get comfortable, but God still wants to keep what? Blessing us with something. He wants the desire of our heart met. This is what we learned in Business for God today. It says, thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons. I like this. Who are the sons? Us. We are the sons and daughters of God. I like it. He said, ask me. Every time I've had a big move, something truly has changed in my life, I was asked. I was asked should I move, if I wanted to move to Yellow Bluff. I was asked if I wanted a car. I, was, I heard the Spirit ask me these things. All right? And when it asks, man, the first thing you want to do is you don't want to feel like you want. You know what I mean? But now I've got it. When you hear ask, give the, there's got to be something from your heart that it's the truth that it has to come out. Concerning my sons and concerning the works of who? My hands. I thought that was awesome because there is nothing that we can receive. If we delight ourselves in him, we only will receive the works of what? His hands, not yours. I can't take any glory in me being debt free because I could never have done it. He did it. It wasn't like the world, just sell everything and everything's going to work out. No, it wasn't like that. It was no, do it in the way I've instructed you because it's going to be by what? My hand. He says, and concerning the works of my hand, you command me. I love that. It was such a good refresher too this morning because I do remember when certain moves would happen. You know what I mean? If I knew what word said, what promise I'm to receive well, then I need to let him know, this is what I want to receive. This is what I want. And so we have to be able to say, this is what, I, this is what I'm desiring. And then you just start delighting yourself and he starts what? I mean, not, oh, let me take that back. Your want. Okay, no, that was good. Do you want to clarify on that? Here you go. Okay, no, this is good. I did get that on the other thing. Our needs are already, it's already written in Matthew I think it's 625 through 30. It already tells us that our shelter, our food, our needs are already taken. In fact, if there's one thing you're going to get through the doorway of change first, I'll tell you the first one of the first things you're going to get through that doorway of change is there's going to be a residue that leaves you because you're actually going to believe that verse that says he's going to take care of all your needs, which is your food, your shelter, there is physical needs that we need. And he already says, if I do it for the birds, if I do it for the animals, he's already going to do it for you. But guess what? We don't all believe that. We don't all believe that. So if you don't believe that, that's going to be the first doorway of change because he had to get me to believe that too. And how did he do that? He kept telling me to write really large. I had like $25,000 in a bank account with all my debt. And then he would make me just write checks out. You know what I mean? My numbers were dwindling because he was going to show me it wasn't about what you do. I'm going to show you I'm supplying everything for you. 
Man, I remember thought, I thought one time, I don't even think I have enough money to put in my gas tank. We've been there, right? I just laugh at that because he was going to prove to me that he supplied all my need. If he knows what I need, my clothing, my food, he knew about Rachel, I had to take care of Rachel, then he was going to supply everything. And then I knew really quick, okay, we got to believe this one. We got to get through this. <laughs> I got to start really believing. But he made me willingly, he would say, give 5,000 here, give 2,000 here, give this. You know what I mean? And he was really dwindling to get me to trust him. How many people could really give up everything and follow him? Right? I, mean, I can definitely say, I, I mean, that's not easy. But I'm not telling everybody to go abandon. Remember, by the spirit, you have to be led. I'm not telling anybody, Right. I'm telling you my experience because that's how much he had to, you, for me, you have to really put me to zero to get me to see something sometimes because there's a gift in, I think, speaking and voice. I can make things work and I can make it work. But every the moment I walk through these doors, nothing I said worked, <laughs> nothing, nothing. I could work something. I mean, I was blessed still the first year when I came over here, the Lord still blessed me leaving Remax, coming over here and still making a good salary for that one year. But I mean, that's when he was dwindling me down, you know? And I remember feeling like none of this works. Nothing's working. And so it's beautiful doorway of change when he does that. But he would always, I do, I can, I can definitely say he always asked. Now, I don't know if everybody has that experience, but I just know that when you worship him, you will hear him ask. And that means he wants you then to command his word for your, not your needs, but your wants. I wanted to be dead free. So when that spirit, can, when that prophet spoke it and it hit me across the room, how do you know, this is a good question, how do you know it's the thing you're to want? Do you know what I mean? How do you know? There's a desire. The desire of your heart gets built up and you know there is something you want because when somebody says it, it keeps piercing you. It keeps piercing me. It will pierce me. It makes me cry. And every time I know it's piercing me, I know that that's exactly the thing that I'm desiring because sometimes we can't just write an essay and say, what do I desire? And then you write, I desire, right? Then you start thinking about it too much. And when you think about it, then you are putting it to your own understanding. Now that's powerful, isn't it? When we really start thinking about what, I'm a school teacher, right? We would tell kids, let's write a paper about what your favorite color is. Let's write a paper about what you desire. And you would start off the starter sentence. I desire, and then you see the kids all put their pencils down. Right? They'd start what? Thinking in their own understanding. When something's of God, it's going to pierce, it's going to come into agreement with you. And it's going to be spoken. And once it's spoken, it hits you. And it's because you've already had a conversation about it. It's because God's already asked you. It's because something else has already, has already hit you. And so it, it is awesome. Our wants come from something that we, we, we all desire a lot of the same things. But the time in which we receive them, it's going to happen from the, it's going to be by the spirit. It really is going to be by the spirit. And the awesome thing that I've experienced is every time it's been by the spirit and not by my own flesh, there is no sorrow. It is. It is. And it becomes so, he becomes so, he is. It becomes so fixable. It is immovable. That's what I'm saying. Like the things I've experienced, it's immovable. You can't move me. 
because those are the things that I have experienced, and that's the measure of Christ being built in me by his love. So I love this. Command me of something you know in your spirit that there's a desire building. I feel, you know, if he's asking and he cares about it, he's going to do it with the works of his hand. Well, then what's going on? You can feel it too. Right? Don't you feel it? It's awesome. Praise God. We're all in a rest. Don't we feel rested now? Mamie, don't you feel rested? <laughs> all right. Galatians 5.1 says, now he's going to give us advice on how, what's the time check, Todd? Okay, I'm two, last two things. Has everybody been good? Is everybody good? Okay. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast in the freedom by which Christ has made you free. I love that. Because if, you get a prom- if you're in the rest and you are receiving the promise, then guess what? What the Son sets free is free indeed. And so he said, Stand fast in the freedom by which has made you free and do not entangle again in a yoke of bondage. Isn't that awesome? When Jesus called up, I love this story, when Jesus called up the adulterous woman, do you know what the most powerful thing in that whole story is? She never talked. She never said a word. Those people pulled her out in her adulterous thing. They brought her to Jesus. She never talked. She knew. She actually stood fast and believing what was going on. And Jesus didn't talk either in first. He drew a line. Okay, I love that. You know when your dad stands there and you think you're going to get the belt? Just the power of no speech. <laughs> you know? And so you have to, can you imagine all the people coming? And then when he said, if you have sinned, pick up and cast, or if you have um, not sinned, then you can pick up and cast the first stone. I mean, can you imagine the power at that moment? How many of us would have wanted to sit there and blah, 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 this is what happened, blah, 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 right? You actually have to stand fast. It says, the word says, in the freedom by which Christ has set you free. But now, what did he say to her? Now go and sin no more. All right? So that means when he does set you free of something that's being removed off this list, your fears, your anger, your, whatever it is on that list, once it's gone, Man, stand fast in that. Don't get entangled. And I really believe this. I, you almost can't do it. You can't do it. If he really gave it to you, there is no sorrow, and you can't go back to that. That's what, I, that's what I've experienced. You can't go back to that old way. Because he doesn't want us, but he does remind us, do not be entangled again in a yoke of bondage, because all that bondage was was slavery. All those things in our soul those are just slavery to us doing what? What did I say in the beginning? The purpose of removing the residue is so you can do what? Use your gift, know your gift, and offer it up to him and make it a pleasing, make it a pleasing sacrifice to him, uh, one that's worthy. Hebrews 4.4 4 says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today. So now... It's a great ending verse because I'm going to ask everybody to challenge yourself. We are always going through a doorway of change. We are always experiencing something. So my heart, when I asked who's in arrest, okay, we had some hands go up. But so that means if you're not feeling arrest, 
then that means you can still what? Enter into the rest. So if you're not feeling rest at something, meditate on this verse. While the promise of entering his rest still holds and is offered today. So today is what? Today. So if there's anybody in here who doesn't feel at rest about something, and it's everybody, there's always going to be something that you're not sure about. Because remember, Satan comes into our mind fear. How do you know you're in fear? You know you're in fear if your mind is in torment. How do you know your mind's in torment? Because it keeps thinking about the same thing over and over and over and over. And while you're thinking of that same thing over and over and over, guess what's not absorbing? The word, the word, the worship. Your worship doesn't become delightful. Your worship does not become steadfast. Your worship does not become free in love because what's happening? Your own understanding, your own understanding, your own understanding, your own understanding is bombarding and fear becomes torment now because torment, there is no solution. In torment, there is no wholeness. In torment, there is no result. It's what Satan does. So you can't give God the best offering like Abel did. All right. But remember, even in our death, our voice still speaks. Jesus died. His blood was our atonement. So what? Our voice could be what? Heard. Man, I'm burning up now. There is a beauty of rising up your voice, giving it all to him. Then enter into the what? Everybody. Rest. Okay. And remember, you don't know how long your rest will be because it's wherever you are on that chart. If your rest moves quickly, great. You're moving down the line here. Okay. If it seems like it's going a little bit longer, then just know that's because you have maturity in you. God knows you're getting this. You're getting this. But it says, if you abandon the rest, you can't receive the what? Promise you delay it. So that's why I'm, I, I just want everybody, if you don't feel at rest, meditate on the verses about rest, all right? And then ask him, ask the Holy Spirit, what's the thing? You guys all have the What's Hold Me Back book. What are you working on? And then when you find out what it is he's working on, don't start working on everything else. If it's jealousy, what is the sign of jealousy? Violence. So if you feel angry, like you could beat something up or you could hurt somebody, because if you start in your thought, you've already hurt them, all right? Then this is what you need to do. Now you need to meditate on those scriptures, and the first two scriptures are going to be explaining you about jealousy. And then the last scripture is the scripture that will deliver you from jealousy. But you have to do what? In the rest, meditate. Meditate. Delight yourself, all right? When we start coming in here, it feels like it's, a, it's happening a lot. Cornelius, I love it, right? People, when they start coming in here, it's like happening, it's happening, it's happening, right? You know how it feels. You really do have to hold on to that plow and not look back like Lot's wife. You will get a frozen face. <laughs> if you go back and look at how you don't, just keep looking forward because your face will be frozen. I mean, I, I was the best for a frozen face. I mean, you might as well just call me Lot's wife in the beginning because every time something would happen, Gene will tell you, my face, would, I would freeze up and he'd be like, where are you? You know, and I'd be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because I was naked without the word. We're naked without the delight of him. And so he wants to give us that fullness. 
So we know we, if we know we're supposed to rest, doesn't it make you want to rest faster? Rest faster. Let, and then even in your rest, if you feel uneasy, find the word. And just ask yourself, what am I thinking about more than rest? What am I thinking about more than delighting in God? All right? Sometimes we think about other people's problems more, right? I mean, think about, I know, because why? We're in Christ. Our job is supposed to help people come along. All right, but the first, he wants us to work on us, and then whatever our testimony is, remember? Our testimony is the spirit of prophecy. So that means whatever you go through, it is to help somebody else get through. All right, and so, anyway. Praise God. Has this been okay? Okay, so I try to really give you true examples because I was a mess. I was the person that looked great when I walked in the door, had everything, but I was really a mess inside because I trembled with fear. I still remember when I sat back there and I never saw laying on hands and Edwin was sitting next to me that night and uh, I, I lost myself. I was standing back in this room and here I could think about a million things and then all of a sudden I couldn't think about anything anymore and I felt my insides overtake my mind and Gene's dad is talking to me, but I can't hear a word that he's saying because my spirit was saying, come. The bride was saying what? Right, the spirit and the bride were saying, come. And when I walked up here, I remember thinking, I'm not even sure if I believe in all this stuff. And when I walked in here, something hit and Gene and I both got pushed against these walls. It was crazy that night. Gene said he hadn't experienced that because the, the gift of teaching hits the gift of the apostle. And we were assigned together and didn't even know it. But boy, the moment we both fell down, I just stood up. And then all of a sudden, it was like he laid hands on me, and I, I wasn't myself. I mean, I didn't even know. It just, they call it, you know, just feel, the spirit overtakes you. Well, I needed to feel something like that to know that, that spirit, because it, I felt it from the inside. Now, I'm going to tell you what I've learned now. When I go out to places, you can feel spirits from the outside. I want everybody to really think about this. Now, I'm giving you some really good advice here that can only come from experience in my understanding of this. I never felt the spirit explode in me and come out of me. Now, that's like, a, I can't, you have to have that every day. And then I feel the presence of God. They meet each other. All right, now worship and word get you that. Robin lived with me for months, and I, I was trying to get her to that point, and she's like, I'm not sure about the worship part. And it took her for a very long time, like two years before you really entered into worship. But when she entered into worship, then now the Spirit can meet heaven. It says we're supposed to bring heaven to earth. We're the earth. The Spirit and heaven, they connect, and it becomes this explosion. Okay, now, if you go into any church or you go into any place all right, and you're feeling a lot of stuff from the outside, but your spirit ain't moving, then it's not that it's a bad place. You just sit. You don't have to walk up and get prayed for every time or things like that because you have to know what spirit's operating around you. All right, and I've, I definitely, now I got it. I get the hot, I get the cold. I get it, I get it. I can go into a place, I can feel spirits. But now it doesn't bother me because I already know what? Christ is in me, and the greater is in me. I can't get hurt. Do you know you have to actually have that belief? You cannot get hurt. 
but you actually feel spirits even try to take over your voice, try to take over. But if your spirit is strong inside, those outside spirits can't what? They can't penetrate. Right. But you just have to know you know. And so sometimes when you come into a new assembly, do you know what I mean? You know it because if you feel it on the inside, right? You felt it on the inside. People know the presence of the true God because it's heaven hitting their spirit. It's not hitting here. We, so we can't look around and see. You have to kind of, I close my eyes when I go into place first now. And I just, I wait to see if my spirit starts rising. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm feeling the pressure, the air. It's like you feel things. And so it's, it, I praise God because I used to think, oh, that's not, you know, I don't want to go to a place that's not good. But it's not. It's not bad. You just have to, I know, know to identify what atmosphere you're in. That's why I always say this is a great place because we don't try to control people here. If people come, they come. They go, they go. They come, they come. They go, they go. When they come and they're ready to be broken, they're in an excellent place. Because we're not here to make anybody feel bad. We're here to push them through to what? To receiving. All right? Well, when you go into other churches, sometimes it is about the image sometimes. They're not bad. It's just that's the cap difference. We are entering out of the church age of doing things. And now a kingdom age is coming in. It's our generational duty to help transition this where it's all going to be by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, by the love of the Spirit. That is the true power. The Lord has given me such revelation. He said the love of the Spirit is, is fixed. He said the love of the Spirit is faithful. Do you know you have to be faithful to walk through this doorway of change? You have to be faithful because he humbles you. So praise the Lord. Does anybody have any questions? I know that was a lot. It was a good? All right, well, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for that your time is but a vapor. <laughs> and I thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to share your word and to give our hearts hope. Lord, I ask that everybody enters into his rest. And if they don't feel his rest, that they invite the Holy Spirit and they ask for his direction in that way. Lord, reveal to us as we come up to the threshold of change, what is that residue that you are removing from us. Lord, show us the scripture that will defeat the enemy. And Lord, we will resist to you and we, we know and believe that the enemy will flee because your son died for us and he gave all for us to have abundant life. So Lord, we thank you for the eternal life. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And most of all, we thank you for your love, the love that you bestow on us and the faithful love that you say you'll never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.